The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. It is, oh my god, I almost said October. It's December Oh my 8th. god, yeah. It is not October anything. <laughs> it's December 8th, and this is our 108th episode. Hey. Also, we should be talking very quietly. Why? Because you're hungover. Oh god, I don't have a headache. I, what I have, what I have is a really sour stomach and like you know that tingly feeling in your limbs. Uh huh. That like kind of almost soupy, like I don't want to move. I'm feeling that's where we are. Oh, yeah. see, when I get hungover, and it's only gotten worse as I've gotten older, um, but it's always been this way. Not only do I have a sour stomach, but I have I have a I vomit until I can get enough sleep. I'm sorry. Do you think the listeners here don't remember our very first ever episode? <laughs> if you have forgotten our very first ever episode, listeners, it was the first time Carolyn and I had ever driven to and from Dallas together, I think. And you got outrageously drunk, or I also did, but you got you were hungover the next day and spent literally literally the entire drive back to Austin vomiting into a Sprite can. That's true. This is a true story. It was one of the worst three hours I personally have ever spent (laughs) listening to somebody else vomit for three hours. (laughs) I can't imagine it was great for Carolyn, but holy shit, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about me in this moment because I had to drive listening to that. Yeah, so, that was pretty awful. I'm cool with us getting krizunk on uh, New Year's Eve this week, this year. But if you're gonna vomit all the way home, you are definitely hanging your head out the window. <laughs> we'll just make sure to have a backup water jar or something. Well, actually, if you get drunk on New Year's Eve, there's time to nap before the Winter Classic. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. No, for me, it's more of like. Because I get the headache, that also exacerbates things. Until my headache goes away, I will vomit. And I can't eat or drink anything. Yeah, I think that was your downfall that day, is that you tried to drink Sprite. I thought I was okay. So I, that, But that always happens. I always think I'm okay, and then I'm not okay. It's Decidedly like, not okay. <laughs> In case you were ever going to wonder, you were decidedly not Okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm always way too optimistic. That is a true, a true statement. Well, you know who's also optimistic? The stars. That is correct. That's where I was going with that. (laughs) How did I ever guess? Maybe because it was next on our topics list after hangovers. (laughs) Maybe. That might have been it. So the Dallas Stars uh, did break their uh, record-tying win streak with a loss to the Chicago Blackhawks and a couple subsequent losses, but then brought it back. They're actually 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, so still lots of points. Um, had a gutsy win over Winnipeg and then smoked the Isles last night. So yeah. I didn't watch that either. I, well, I didn't either, because obviously, but... Um... I have an Isles friend who likes to remind me every time before they, they're playing that they're going to be playing each other. And I'm just always like, well, 
may the best team win, and it is inevitably the Dallas Stars because the Isles are ain't, ain't shit. Well, I don't know. A couple of years ago, kidding. they're it used fine. To be, it used to be very much a will go six five. Yeah, one of those games. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but you never knew who would be the six. <laughs> never knew. Uh, yeah, that's a shout out to our friend Glenn. He's asked some questions on the podcast before. Yeah, I like Glenn. We like Glenn. He's a cool dude. One of our first friends. I yeah. Think. I mean, yeah, he definitely. he was a very early adopter on the Carolyn and Marin train. Mm-hmm. Big fans. So, how are you feeling about the stars right now? Haven't you know? We obviously we had the win streak. Seemed like nothing could go wrong, and then. We had a couple games against the Blackhawks, which both games were very tight, at least to start, and kind of goalie battles. Um, but then we went and played against um, nothing but Central Division teams, and we fucking sucked it up. I feel good about the Stars against any team, any division, but their own. <laughs> and since, um, I mean... If we if they do make it to the to the playoffs, you know, feels like a long shot at this point. But if they do make it to the playoffs, then Dallas is pretty firmly in a playoff spot right now. It is December. I'm um, just saying. I know, but it's December, and I watched the first <laughs> two months <laughs> of this season. I'm not I'm not taking anything for granted. Um, the, they're going to have to go through their own division at mm-hmm. some point to get to get anywhere so very likely in the playoffs even if they do make it (laughs) right right i mean at least once Mm -hmm. because at some point they're gonna have i mean like if they make it into a wild card spot obviously they could be playing somebody in the pacific but um or even if they make it up to if they make if they make it to either the top or the bottom they might be playing (laughs) the pacific um, but, but more likely, they would be in the middle. More likely, they'd be in the middle and going through at least two rounds of um, a Central Division team. Mm-hmm. So they need to fucking learn how to play against the Central Division if they're going to get fucking anywhere. I thought for me, and I will admit I haven't watched a whole lot of hockey recently. I think maybe I caught a period of the, the loss against the Blackhawks. Um, but... For me, it feels like what they did was they saw everything that was working and then they had a hard time scoring against the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks were going so fast and whatever that they were like, no, we are going to stop doing what is working. (laughs) We're going to fuck off and not do this thing that we know is the right thing to be doing and we're just going to do something else for a long time. And it feels like, especially when they play the Jets, and, and don't get me wrong, the Jets play, or... The Jets have a reputation for playing heavy, hitty hockey. And I know part of that was in large part because the defense was driven by Dustin Bufflin, who is no longer with the Jets right now. Yep. But I think they still definitely have that reputation, and I can't say whether or not it is earned. The only time I ever watch the Jets is when they're playing Dallas. So it feels like maybe some of these calls were being made based on... It feels like a lot of these calls are being made based on what they think they need versus what they know works. Mm-hmm. 
And I think they're, they're like, and that's a that's a difficult tension, right? Like, should we play our game or we should we play a matchup game? And I tend to come down on the side of play your game because that's better for you mentally. And when you're mentally prepared, you're generally going to perform better. But I think there is, I don't think one can entirely discount the matchup game. No, but if they continually play down to the teams that they're playing. Oh, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying, like, if you're going up against a hitty, heavy, hitty hockey team. Right. There is maybe something to be said of, okay, a lot of times speed doesn't work against this team. So should we play a speedy game, which we're better at, or should we err on the side of caution and try to play a matchup game, play a little heavier, maybe a little slower, but that, you know, 55% of the time works better. I just don't believe that they're actually good at playing a slow game. I don't, like, I mean, I don't disagree. I just think that there's also, like, it's, it's, for me, it's a tension, right, as a fan. Like, I kind of get where it's coming from, but I don't necessarily believe it's necess- the right way to go. But I have a harder time refuting it, right? Like, because sometimes that just... And also, hockey is such a sport driven by randomness, and that, you know, call it luck, call it puck luck, call it randomness. There, there's a lot of shit that just goes right or goes wrong in a hockey game. Um, I think it was Michael Lopez who ran the numbers and this was during playoff season. So obviously NBA playoffs are best of seven, uh, football playoffs are, you know, win one and you're in. And then NHL is best of seven too. And according to him, it would take something like 81 games for the guaranteed quote-unquote, better team to win a series every time. Just because there are so many, there's there's so much mush that happens in a hockey game, right? So fast, the puck goes so fast. You know, a lot of it is reaction. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where a lot of this, well, matchup kind of play is like, well, no, you just got to be your best, right? That's kind of why I err on the side of, play the best game for you versus play the best game against this component or component opponent. Yeah. I I heard that. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. So you're just going to let it slide. (laughs) I mean, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. I don't know. I'm tired. (laughs) What am I even talking about here? Technically the stars. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Sometimes they're really great, and sometimes they disappoint me so much I want to scream and throw things at them. And honestly, I can't ever tell from one day to the other which it's going to be. That's the truth. They like the weather. Just wait two minutes and it'll change. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that they're not intentionally trying to be the worst ever all the time. But it doesn't always feel like it's not intentional. Sometimes it's a personal attack. Sometimes I absolutely feel personally attacked by these assholes. Uh, 
Other interesting fun facts. Uh, last night was the first time all season that Miro Haskinen has played fewer than 20 minutes. Mm. And also, it was the first game back from Alexander Radulov's healthy scratch. Yeah. How are you feeling about healthy scratching Alexander Radulov? It wouldn't be the first time, and honestly, like, I'm I'm fine with messages being sent to players. I'm fine with disciplinary scratchings. Like, you've got to do what you've got to do to manage your team, and if, like, they're not listening to you any other way, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know everything that went into it. I'm just assuming that it had to do with all of his stupid penalties, but... Mm-hmm. And some of those, I mean, I've been watching these games. Some of them have legit been reputation calls, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, I can't remember who they're playing. It might have been the Blackhawks. But it was, like, the pettiest fucking holding call I've ever seen in my life. Um, But it's obviously an issue because they, like, they, they scored on that power play that I'm talking about. So... You know, when we're when when they are having a hard time buying a goal and they're giving all of these scoring opportunities to their opponents, I don't I don't mind I don't mind I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a rule, I'm generally like play your best players, but it had gotten to become a joke. He's not, but like when he's doing things that are hurting the team, he's not being one of their best players. Yeah, no, and I, I agree there. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it had got his penalty taking in the offensive zone, especially, had mm-hmm. gotten to a point where it was literally a joke. Like, it was like, yeah, Mark went off on your bingo card, Alexander Radulov, offensive zone penalty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that one doesn't bother me nearly as much as some of the other scratches have bothered me. Like, I think everybody kind of saw it coming. Because he also, like, he took a penalty the game right before that, and I think they scored on that power play. Yep. Like, it was one of those things where it's like, unlike, you know, Julius Honka getting scratched for effort or not playing defense the right way, it was one of those things where it's like, this is a clear cause, direct Mm -hmm. correlation, and hopefully, like, he's also pretty much guaranteed a spot on the team. It's not like he's going to be riding pine for the rest of the season. Right, right. He's not going anywhere. Right. We're not worried about him being a non-contributor. This is clearly a one-time thing to send a message that, I mean, Dallas takes too many fucking penalties as a rule. Yes. Like, so many fucking penalties. This is a true statement. But goal and assist last night feels like... No offensive penalties. Yeah. Feels like message sent. And received. And received. Well, talk about sending a message. There has been a lot of... Drama is the wrong word for it. But it's the only thing that comes to mind right now. This is why I don't have a live radio show. Around coaching... An accountability culture in the NHL these days. And I almost feel a little bad because we had been considering the Mike Bagpop situ- Babcock. Jesus. This is also why I don't have a live radio show. Because you're so bad at it. <laughs> I'm so bad at talking. It's okay. Me too. 
My face hurts today, honestly. Oh my god. (laughs) If you're going to talk about things that hurt, just please remember, it's my everything. (laughs) But no, uh, the... Right after we released our podcast about Mike Babcock, where we talk about Mike Babcock for maybe 30 seconds, something like that. Oh, a, a, a little bit. Something like that. At the very end, and we're literally just talking about him as a coach alienating the locker room, it comes out that it's so much worse than that. Oh my God. <laughs> and not only is it worse for that from Mike Babcock, um, extremely, well, I mean, true, like they've been corroborated by several people, accusations of uh, racism from and abuse from uh, former Canes coach and... Uh, well, now former Flames coach Bill Peters mm-hmm. came out as well. It's pretty interesting, and a lot of people are telling on themselves with how all of this is going down. Like from 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 when we talked about it two weeks ago to where we are now is an entirely different conversation. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it's been really interesting <laughs> to see to see who's coming out of the woodwork and who's defending. The people, who's defending the people who are the coaches that are being called into question and who's not? And who is, like, saying, no, they're absolutely like this and they're terrible people and blah, blah, blah. It's been an interesting couple of weeks. I think I'm torn a little bit from a media standpoint is, number one, I definitely think stories, uh, there's a lot of media have sat on a lot of stories for access journalism and and this is something that we're reckoning with in a political sphere as well, right? Like who's sitting on White House stories for mm-hmm. now and then telling them only after they either lose access or something else happens, yeah. right? But these are six months old stories. And I think there is certainly a part where media is starting to have to hold themselves accountable. Um, and and this is a discussion I was having with some other friends is I think there, there's two aspects, right. To sports journalism. There's kind of a sports critique. Here's what happened in the game. And this is why it was good. And this is why it was bad. And like, you know, here's all the stats and the numbers and here's what those mean in context of this game. And then there's the journalism aspect of it. And, and sports reporters as a rule generally do have to do or generally are asked to do this first, but I have a feeling and there's, and they're from a human interest side, they're pretty good about doing the second, Uh, the investigation, the talking to people, the getting quotes, the chasing down the actual stories, that kind of thing. But it's also where we're seeing that this access culture to access to the game quotes and the game critique is getting in the way of doing any larger investigative journalism. Yeah. Yes. And I, I mean, there's obviously some nuance there, like in the whole Mitch Marner rookie bad management situation. If Mitch Marner had said, please don't put this on the record, right? That's you respect him and mm-hmm. that. But if you look at, for instance, the reporting around the Me Too movement, a lot of the first women to come forward have all been anonymous. But then they keep following up and finding more people to corroborate. And then eventually, when you have more sources and more credibility, you can go back to those initial reporters, initial, you know, anonymous women, 
and say, hey, we've got all of this other evidence. How do you feel now? <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the work of it, right? Because just setting, sitting something, sitting on something that is bad and, you know, poor management is one thing, but sitting on something like racist abuse yeah. is an entirely different thing. Like, and not even an entirely different thing. It's, it's, it's the thing magnified. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the same kind of sitting on a story for access, but a much bigger story. <laughs> I also like, I'm so tired of the people who quibbled about what was said. Because, like, if you're not familiar with what was actually said by Bill Peters, supposedly, um, the incident that, um, I don't know how to say his last name, but Akeem Aliu? Closer than I would have gotten, probably. Sure. Was talking about was, like, he was using the N-word in reference to music and not necessarily calling Akeem the N-word. But here's the thing, friends. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, you shouldn't use the word. And it was so weird when, um, oh shit, what's the name of the guy that's followed? Zach Boychuk. When Zach Boychuk started talking about it that day and like saying, we need to get both sides. And like, no, we fucking don't need to get both sides. I don't need to know why Bill Peters thinks that that's okay to use that word. You know, like. It, it we've ar- we already know he said it. He admitted he said it. Several other people in the room said he said it. Like we know he said it. Mm-hmm. We don't need to hear why he thought it was okay. And then Zach Boychuk was like, "Well, if I'm singing along and I use the N word, then I was like, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, there's no reference. Like, there is no way that a white person or literally anybody but a black person can use the N word and not be a fucking racist. It's a racist word." Context doesn't matter. It's a racist word. It is just a racist word. And we made it that way. Like, it is our fault it is a racist word. So, like, there's, it's not on us to reclaim it. Like, there's no reclamation (laughs) of the N-word for white people. Like, no. Just stop. Just fucking stop. Don't sing along to it. Just stop singing when that word comes up in the rap song that you are currently listening to like i've also heard that neighbors scans really well (laughs) she wasn't messing with no broke neighbors i'm just saying this is the thing that i was i was told it actually scans well i mean it's it it is a it is a word that starts with n that has two syllables so yes Mm -hmm. sure and it ends with r yeah enough ends with an rs Mm mm-hmm so, I mean, yeah, like, find yourself an N-word that ends with an R that is not that one. Doesn't have a long racist history. Yeah, sing that instead. And I just said that on a burp, so you're welcome for not being able to edit that burp out. <laughs> There's another one. So, um, if if this makes other people come forward... You know, if this is hockey's Me Too movement, if this makes people come forward and, like, talk about the racist and abusive culture that has existed in hockey for a very long time, in all all sports for a very long time, and actually makes some, some of this culture change, actually brings down some of these kingpins of, like, the sport, 
I am all for that. I am all for a fucking revolution. Let's have it. Like, yeah. It, it I is... do want to clarify that this cannot be hockey's Me Too movement because in no way, shape, or form is hockey still reckoning with their own abuse of women. No, it's true. And that's sexism. That's... No, and that I didn't really necessarily mean that. But I like, know. I yeah. know. I'm just clarifying. Like, I'm yeah. just pointing that one out. No, but... and that's fine. That That's a very good point. That's a very good point. So, um, yeah, that's... I'm. It's... I'm glad that it's a conversation that's happening. It's very disheartening to see the number of people who are lining up on the other side. I think I think the other thing that's really sticking with me is that people... The term cancel culture is wrong. Like, it's not even... The whole canceling thing, I think, started as, like, a flippant word, right? Like, well, a flippant yeah, joke. And now... And people who are afraid of it are reacting to it like, I will never have a life again. As if anyone in the world has that kind of power. (laughs) Okay. And it's really just more about accountability and consequences. And let's talk about Dan Carcillo. Yes. Because Dan Carcillo has been, and it's so weird because if, if you talk to me back when he was still playing about like, how I would feel about him after he retired, it, I would have never have guessed that this would be yes. where he would go. And he he has admitted that he was homophobic and racist and has used, you know, language he shouldn't have throughout throughout his career. And we know of some incidents in his mm-hmm. career that he that where he did. Um, and he's done nothing but apologize and try to make things better and, and, you know, grow as a person and change since his retirement and since coming to terms with himself and who he wants to be now. And there was this really cool exchange and I retweeted it onto my timeline. I don't know if a lot of people saw it, but somebody said, you know, you can say that you're sorry, but people don't have to forgive you. And his response to that was, I know, and I'm not expecting everybody to forgive me. I'm just cleaning my side of the street, Mm -hmm. which... I think is an amazing attitude to take into this because he's not doing this with an expectation of everything being okay and him being forgiven and it all being water under the bridge. He knows that he's hurt people. He knows that that's not going to happen. And if everybody was coming into this with an, with the attitude of, yeah, I said some shit I shouldn't have. I've, you know, I understand why that was wrong. You know, I, I understand, I, I want to make it better. I am going to do these things to make it better. You know, proactive apologies. Like, instead of, like, you know, this is just the way things were at the time. Like, it, it was always fucking racist to use the N-word. It always has been. It always will be. Like, it's, there's no, there's no, like, it was just the times that, that excuses that. There's no, mm-hmm. it was just the times that excuses physical abuse of young players or no. railroading their careers because you don't like them. Like, that's not how the times works, you know? Like, it's always wrong. So being proactive about an apology, coming forward and saying, yeah, I was a shithead. I'm sorry. Here's what I'm doing to try to make myself a better person. I I have been so blown away with how he reacts to stuff, what he's doing, how he's talking about, how he's starting the conversation, how he's standing up to people that he, you know, that were giants in his industry mm-hmm. uh, and still are. And how he's he's actually, like, you know, kind of shot himself in the foot in having any kind of career in hockey as post being a player because of the stances that he's taken. 
And I've just been so impressed with him. Like, he's been, it's been, it's been really, really interesting seeing how he has, like, like, emerged as who he is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I honestly, honestly, he's the one who gives me the most hope. Yeah. And I mean, on a personal note, like, you and I have been wrong about stuff and had to apologize. We changed the name of the podcast because we had to apologize for our past actions. Context didn't matter. And I have, as a me thing, me personally, I am not good at not being liked. (laughs) I, no, I hate not being liked. And I hate, I hate knowing that people are angry at me and I didn't know about it or, like... On some level, I did, and what, like, I don't know. It was, it was all, it was, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, it was coming from a very prideful place from me, anyway. Absolutely. No, me too. Me too. And, and, and I mean, we were both wrong. We, we have apologized. I feel like we have tried to make ourselves better people and tried to make this as much as an opening, welcoming space as possible. But I'm still, I do struggle with the fact that I know not everybody will like me. Because, again, mm-hmm. this is a very personal, I am bad at not being liked and i have to accept that and that's okay mm-hmm. that other people don't like me but i'm still working on it <laughs> you know so yeah. i think i'll be working on it to the day i die that not everybody likes me <laughs> and i also think and but i think that a lot of these men is because it is and in this particular instance with hockey only men mm-hmm. are not used to the consequence of being not liked yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I just no. think, I think, uh, I do think that there is some, at this point, cancel culture as a term has been so co-opted by the people who are anti-consequence that we need to start using a different term. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. Like, it, <laughs> it, absolutely, I would absolutely agree with that because it's definitely become um overused and misused so much it's because i remember it's gone ridiculous even like a couple years ago people were like oh they're canceled but they meant it jokingly right and then they and then it started being applied to people who actually had problematic stances and then it got like applied to like louis ck and then it blew up you know what right. i mean and like there are clearly some men who should be in fucking jail Right? And that's not the same as cancel. Like, no. that's not the same as no. accountability. <laughs> Fucking jail. The people who should be in jail is not the same at all as, yeah, being like, canceled. No. No. Like, that's Louis C.K. Imp- shouldn't have a career, and yet he still does, as large part because people are anti-accountability. Yep. I don't get it. I don't it's get it. It's also not that funny. Um... I appreciated some of the jokes he was would made about his like t- teaching his kids about privilege back in the day. Like I appreciated some of those jokes, but clearly he wasn't really like taking his lessons to heart. They were just yeah, jokes. That's fair. And so therefore, um, it's a, l- a little less funny now, but it was sure funny at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know what I always find funny. Dun, Me yelling nut. about stuff. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh no. Dun, 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 dun. Man reacts. Oh god. <laughs> Hangover edition. Yeah, there might be some quiet yelling. <laughs> I don't know how loud I'm gonna get about this. 
Well, I really just wanted to fold in our general NHL update with, because um, in, in addition to all of the accountability stuff that's happening in the NHL right now, there is still hockey being played. I've heard. I've heard that. With a little bit of Marin Reacts in large part because I saw this one fact and I was like, that cannot be right. Oh, no. But it is right. (laughs) Okay, so what is the fact? Okay, so let's go ahead. We're going to start out, you know, we're going to start in the Western Conference, our our family conference. This is not the reacty part so much, but feel free to yell if you need to yell. Um, Can you guess the two other teams ahead of us in the Central Division? I have a feeling Winnipeg is one of them since we... That is incorrect. They are actually one point behind us. Winnipeg? Mm Mm-hmm. As of right now, this moment, 12-8-2019. I almost said 1919. <laughs> and I'm not the one who's hung over. Colorado? Correct. Gross. <laughs> Wait, so where are we right now? We're third. So there's two teams ahead of us in the central. Oh, St. Louis. Yeah. I, I thought that would be the one you'd get easily. Not Colorado. Do you want to guess what the goal differential is for Colorado right now? Is it a stupid number? It is, in fact, a stupid number. Like, plus 20? Plus 28. I was close. You were close. (laughs) They have won six in a row, Colorado has. Oh my god, what the fuck? (laughs) Who even are they? Okay, Eastern Conference. Going, stepping up into the difficulty. Okay. So Washington leads the Metro, followed by the Islanders, which we just beat, followed by name a team in the Metro. Can you remind me of the teams in the Metro? Pittsburgh's in the Metro, right? Correct. Are the Islanders in the Metro? Yes, that's that. They are second. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said that already. Uh, so the Islanders are second in the Metro right now. Yeah. Is that just because that div- that it's bad or like no? Nope, are that the Islanders would be the good? We're getting there. Okay, the Metro's uh, okay. They are okay. nine points behind Washington. Like Washington has a very clear de- lead. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me. Okay, um, uh, it's probably not Pittsburgh because that wouldn't really be a reacts, would it? Nope. Is it gritty? It is, in fact, everyone's favorite orange <laughs> alien. Oh, my God. How even? Yeah. Uh, probably in much the same way the stars are. <laughs> Some days great. Some days not. <laughs> uh, that, makes, that just makes so much sense. Oh, God. That's so weird. Um, and in not surprising news, the Boston Bruins are first in the Atlantic Division. I mean, that is kind of surprising to me, actually. They've been playing really, really well. They're 8-1-1 in their last 10. I know. I just, I didn't know they had anybody on their team that actually could do that. Boston, or Boston Pasternak. David Pasternak. I I know. I know. Uh, Do you? I like to, I like to forget that Brad Marchand might actually be good. (laughs) Yeah. Because fuck that guy. Do you want to guess what the difference is in points between the first team in the Atlantic, the Bruins, and the second team in the Atlantic is? 
Oh, is it bigger than the spread between Washington and the Islanders? Yes, it is. Is it like 15 points? It is 13 points. (laughs) That's amazing. That is how bad the Atlantic is. Uh, Ask me who's in the basement of the NHL because I actually know that one. Oh, see, that's the one I was actually, I was hoping you didn't know. Who is in the basement of the NHL right now? It it should still be the fucking Detroit Red Wings. It is. Do you know how many points the Red Wings have in 31 games? Uh, Like five? I don't know. 17 points! Oh my god. I do know that their goal differential is negative 58. It is! I have... um, I have a coworker who's from Ann Arbor, and uh, he is a Detroit Red Wings fan and has been his whole life. Uh, and he he really really loves having somebody to talk like actual hockey with beyond just like yeah you like hockey yeah me too cool okay bye like we we had a long conversation about Bill Peters we had a long conversation about Mike Babcock we had a long conversation about like you know culture in the NHL and all that kind of stuff like he's a really fun guy to talk to about this stuff but he has been crying over the Detroit Red Wings this entire season and I feel so bad for him like it's his now that I think about it his whole thing about Mike Babcock was like it's been really really like it's been hard for him because you know Mike Babcock did so much for the Detroit Red Wings Mm -hmm. for so long and like he understands what he who he is and what he's done but he was like, it's really hard for me to, like, separate that from the coach that I loved for that long. And I was like, I get it. It's fine. Like, there's still some, there are people who have trouble with that with Bill Cosby, and he's been convicted. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. I get it. I get it. Like, it's it's fine if you need to struggle with that, you know? Like, yeah, I think, I think there's two, I think there's also in this culture, in our current setup of, of, there's not a lot of wiggle space for emotional gray. Yeah. Right. Like, I think I think there's there's a difference between centering yourself and centering the victim. Right. Like everybody knows we should be centering the victim, but that doesn't mean that you don't have your own grieving process. Right. It does. And it doesn't mean that you can't feel internal conflict yourself. Exactly. And it's it doesn't make you a bad person to have that internal conflict because these things didn't happen to you. You're hearing about them secondhand. You are. You were having to react to these to these things that didn't happen to you and to, you know, it's 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 all a weird thing. Like, I get it. Like, it's hard to hear those kinds of things about somebody that you idolize for so long. Like, do you know, do you know how hard it would be for me to find anything bad about like Popovich? Mm. Like, do you understand the grieving process that I would have to go through for my lifelong adoration of that man? Yeah, I was actually just talking about this uh, with a couple friends on at writers group because um, my friend Rebecca and I are big Star Trek fans, and I forget how it came up, but it was we were talking about Star Trek and Simon Pegg and how like he did a new thing and it was good. And at one point, she just goes, "That is one of the guys that if we ever hear anything, you know." All of these whispers, like that came out about um, Jeff Goldblum. If it happens to Simon Pegg, I will be devastated. Yeah, you know, and it, or like if if Simon Pegg did this kind of stuff, I would be dev- devastated. You know, and it's it's and it's not that either one she or I would would not believe these women that would right. come forward. It's just that losing here, meeting heroes, finding heroes that are actually bad people. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. hard. 
yeah, it's because then it calls hard. into question every every good feeling you've had from that person, or you know, all of the things that they've done that are good. It's like, did you mean them at all? You know, like mm-hmm. uh, especially especially with Greg Popovich, who spent so much of his time in front of the media, like champing championing his black players, and like mm-hmm. you know, like when the football players were kneeling and the the uh, um things he would say about that that were so on point and so good and so like this is what we need to hear from a white coach you know like of you know, especially in the NBA where it's like so many black players like it it's it and all of his all of his players that come out and talk about him like i would just be devastated if anything actually it would we, it to would be, be clear we have hard... never heard anything like no, that. no, 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 no. i'm just being no. like this is a very hypothetical situation. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's it's more just me saying I can understand him having this reaction to Babcock because that is how I would feel if if I heard anything about Greg Popovich. But mm-hmm. like, I don't think I'm, I'm like I haven't heard anything about Popovich. I'm just saying this is how devastated I would be. So yeah, I understand his devastation, and I understand how like even though you know you can know mentally and like cognitively that somebody has done bad things and is a bad person and you know like hasn't apologized for anything and hasn't done anything to make anything right and clearly hasn't learned any lessons um i can i can still understand how hard it would be to say okay well you know they're a bad person i'm not going to support them anymore you know it's hard it's hard yeah and i mean even just like taking it down from like a very very hot like big thing there are people who like on a personal levels like you know sometimes you can be okay with a like a boss or a person can be perfectly great for you and help you with your career and then you hear that they've you know blocked somebody from a promotion yeah they've torpedoed somebody else's yeah and and it doesn't make like like you being conflicted about your mentor in that sort of manner doesn't mean you know like no one person in as a rule most people are not all good or all bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we all do fucked up things sometimes. It's it the thing I like the most, especially, you know, to bring it back to Carcillo, is what he's saying is this is about how you're responding to that. Mhm. And that's what I think we as a culture are trying to get to is like you're gonna fuck up. It's okay as long as you respond to it in the appropriate manner. And, like, there are some things that's clearly never going to be okay. Harvey Weinstein, you know, like, that fucker should be in jail. But, like, a lot of this, a lot of this comes, I think, from people of having a lot of fear around the, the, the mistakes they make, the language they use, things that they can do something about. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you're a criminal, if you're, if you're raping women, you probably know that you're raping women. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, who knows? Because people, people seem to have a different interpretation of getting an enthusiastic yes and not getting an answer at all. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Like, there are some people who do not understand that they're rapists because they don't truly understand what consent means because it's not something that has been, like talked about a lot with young boys previously. Mm-hmm. It's something that's getting talked about a lot now, but I mean, I think that people understand that they are violent rapists, but uh, you know, yeah, I, there are, there are, I can, if you're denying it after it's been pointed out to you, why then yes, that's a problem. And I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse rapists. <laughs> no. 
here. No. But I'm saying that there is a cultural problem with the fact that we are not teaching what consent means to young children who grow up not understanding what consent means. I agree. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's all I'm good, saying. No, that's it's, a good point. That's a very good point. I tend to... I think we, and we also live in our own heads, right? Like, so yeah. if we have an understanding of something, we think that everybody else, or a lot of us think that other people have the same understanding. Yeah. Too. Like, I, of consent, right? Like, my consent sure. is, I, I proceed with my definition of consent, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the same definition that somebody else has. Right. Right. And that's why we talk about enthusiastic consent these days, so that you're actually t- saying the words out loud. <laughs> And then right, everybody right. understands. <laughs> yes, and then everybody understands and nobody wakes up the next morning with any sort of... Any sort of doubts. Any sort of doubts. Yeah, no, absolutely. We like that. We do. Oh, man, this is a heavy-ass episode for a hungover episode. I, I know. Did did you did you have any idea that it would be... <laughs> That it would be this heavy when we started talking. I about mean, it. I kind of knew. Like the problem is that when we can't not remark upon Bill Peters, or we could, but then it feels like we're dodging it, and that's not the other thing that we're trying to do either. Right. Two white ladies talking about hockey culture, and we're not going to talk about Bill Peters. Probably not a good plan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know what we always talk about? <sighs> Stars chart astrology. Two white ladies, and we're not going to talk about astrology, right? <laughs> my new even? business plan, my new side hustle, I think, is I'm going to start giving people. I'm going to start charging for tarot readings. Do you know how to do the tarot reading? Yeah, dude, I've been reading tarot since I was 15. How? The, uh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. We have been hetero life mates for like six years now. <laughs> Hey, how, and the only reason I say heteros, or maybe I should just use the word platonic, platonic life mates, because while neither one of us is strictly hetero, we <laughs> certainly are not banging each other. Correct. Um, platonic uh, life mates feels right. Platonic life mates. For six years now, and you have A, never told me, and B, never done a tarot reading for me, and I'm really, really disappointed in both of these things. I will bring my cards to the Winter Classic. I will, Excellent. We will, we will absolutely do some tarot readings. Uh, I actually think that would be a really fun New Year's Eve. Like, yeah, dude, I don't know what activities. we're doing for New Year's. So. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I think we're doing some more international house hunting, but who knows? Tarot and international house hunting? It sounds like a fucking plan. Doesn't uh, it? I'm sure you have hidden talents as well. Um, that's the thing about a, a life partnership is that you continually discover new things about your friend. I mean, that's also true. <laughs> uh, twinkle, twinkle, little stars. stars. How I wonder what you charts. We're getting really good at like imitating the crowd noise. Yes. Welcome to the podcast within a podcast. <laughs> Stars charts. Stars charts. Uh, okay. So I feel like we should start with Alexander Radulov. Okay. Today we're getting our weekly horoscopes from pinkvilla.com. Amazing. The reason I chose this one in large part one, I don't think we've ever used them before, but I scrolled down and they have these cute little pictures of, you know, the little, um, 
God, I want to say the word mascots, but you know, emblems for Aries and whatever. And they branded them, but each one of them is a circle. And obviously, and the images on the website are square and they clearly didn't pay their designer enough to keep the circles inside of the squares. That sounds terrible. I'm very excited. Uh, so we are doing Alexander Radulov. Do we know what he is? Yes. Um, and actually, I was like, hey, the next one we should do should be Joe Pavelski because he scored in overtime. And both of them are cancers. Oh, me too. Yeah. Cancer. Cancer sign people will make money, monetary gains from several sources. You may also access new means to earn money. Hey. Hey. Tarot readings. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Students will get good results this week. They may get positive results in the exams that they have may that they may have attempted recently. The middle of the week may give some health related problems. You may get physical difficulties if you travel. You may remain hassled by unnecessary expenses. You will spend an excellent marital and familial life. You may receive offspring related good news. I like how many times they use may in this. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're trying to, like, gird themselves from legal action. (laughs) I just, while I was searching for players, uh, Dallas Stars in the news, basically, I ran across the worst article ever. Uh, Okay. In the Dallas Morning News, the headline is, we don't know these Dallas stars, and it may be time to face an ugly truth about Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Is that from today? It is from yesterday at 9.04 p.m. What the fuck? Yeah. They're fine. Everything's fine, guys. Yeah. Uh, That's a... It, this may not surprise you at all. But he cites Jim Lights calling out Ben and Sagan for their terrible play last year, as well as Jim Montgomery saying that he needed more from Ben and Sagan as points in his favor for the point that he is trying to make in this uh, article here. And he doesn't cite Jim Montgomery's subsequent apology? Oh, he did. Okay. What he he doesn't cite is the fact that Jamie, Ben, and Tyler Sagan's uh, downturn in their point production also coincided with when Jim Montgomery's system went into place with the Dallas Stars. Fucking bizarre how that works. Right? Not a single thing was said about this. Whatever. God. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them all the way. Uh, all the way. All the way. Okay, so um, let's do Andrew Cogliano. And he um, is a... I'm looking it up because yeah. he, he scored his first of the year. Hey! Uh, you are not going to believe this. Oh, no, he's a Gemini. Oh. I was looking I was looking at the day to cut off for a cancer because I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Another one? And he's a Gemini. Okay. Gemini sign people will renew their bond of love and affection with their family and kin. Your brothers will cooperate with you. Okay, that's good. I mean, sure. The arrival of an amount which was stuck up will improve your financial condition. 
I sincerely suspect this is not written in English or, sh- or English is not their first language. Does not sound that way. Uh, the salaried people may have to face a few ups and downs. There will be chances of official trips. Well, those are pretty good for Cogliano. Uh, you may suffer from physical discomfort and restlessness during the middle of the week. You are advised to remain careful in your maritable, merit, in your maritable, <laughs> in your marital life. You will get the adequate result of your hard work. What the fuck? I just really like that. I, I really. I've, you will be average. <laughs> you will be 100% average and that's okay. Students might have to put in the extra effort. Bless. Okay, so... I really don't mean necessarily to la- laugh at, like, English as a second language, but I love no. when English as a second language puts together phrases that English speakers would never put together, and they're just so much better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm not... I'm not laughing at it so much. So, one of the things that I was... That I've been... I was really stressed this past week, and... One of the things I started doing is just listening to... I've never watched The Voice in my entire life, but I really like watching compliment, compilations of, like, the turnaround. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like like the, the blind audition bits. And, like, these compilation videos are not only from America. They're from, like, all these other countries as well. And one of the things that I am 100% charmed by every single time it happens is when a, a singer from another country covers, like, an English pop hit. Because I imagine it's very much like listening to an American cover Despacito or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's when I try to sing Shakira. Yeah, right. Like you're you, you're making the right you know noises, but it's not necessarily like a coherent word that you're saying. You right. know, because like I somebody was singing Adele, and it was very much like I could tell what they were trying to sing, but it was not like. They were not putting these word, these vowel sounds together correctly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, this is probably like when I tried to sing in Latin at church or something like, you know, like whatever, where, whatever you're doing, it's Americans do this to the rest of the world literally all the fucking time. But it's just, it's funny being on the, not funny. It's interesting being on the, being on the other side of that. So I am continually amazed by anybody who can either write or speak in English that didn't grow up with this because it is a very stupid fucking language. It is an extremely stupid fucking language. And I'm a big Ugh. fan. And I know we've talked, we talked a little bit, we nerded out a little bit last week, last time on like linguistics and, and prescriptivism and stuff like that. My whole thing is that I think actually part of what I love about it is that like when non-native English speakers change the language for better. And I think, like, that's where I'm coming from. Like, I love that. Like, we used to work, when I worked for a large computer company, we had our programmers in India. And we would obviously talk to them quite a bit. Dude, you're getting the... Yeah, those ones, that one. Um, Like, whenever we would be like, hey, we've got this task for you, their response would be, we'll do the needful. Yeah. And, like, that, I use that all the time now because it's just so much a better phrase for that exact response. I have heard that from so many, because I now interact with that company on a regular basis, and I've heard that from so many of them. I've heard that from other people I know that have worked for them. Like, it's just funny how how much that phrase has now kind of, like, gone out amongst the people I know. 
it's it's a more efficient manner of speaking. It's a it better is. phrase. Yeah. Okay, we have one last, one last. Yeah, um, I was gonna go. do Dennis Garyanov, but he is also unfortunately a Gemini. So, uh, Gemini Squad. That's what we do. Gemini Squad. Uh, we've also already done Jamie Benn because he's a Cancer. So mm-hmm. let's do Ben Bishop. He had a good game against the Jets. He is a. Well, we're gonna find out in just two, two shakes. He is a Scorpio. Okay. Okay, since we're not doing any Aquariuses, I'm going to spoil the very last line of this one. Uh, The last two sentences are, your life partner may make solid gains on account of your favorable stars, period. Take care of your child, period. (laughs) Yes. Excellent. Everything I want in a horoscope. Okay, Scorpio. Scorpio sign people will have to put in extra effort in order to complete their work. Well, no shit. <laughs> he does play for the Jello Stars. <laughs> yep. There will be strange anxiety about work throughout the week. Again, he plays for the Dallas Stars. Uh, you are advised to maintain harmony and coordination with the family members. Traders may make solid gains. Take care of your health as too much running around may leave you exhausted. He plays for the Dallas Stars. Your life partner's (laughs) support will prove beneficial. This will be a good week for students. Your money-related problems may reduce this week. So, basically, he plays for the Dallas Stars, is what I learned from that horoscope. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. That feels like every week for Ben Bishop. Yeah. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Well, it's been a heavy episode. Do you want to talk about happy things? Yeah, let's go. I have a good one. Uh, I will go first then because I have an okay one. Okay. <laughs> go for uh, it. Uh, not going to lie, this week has been kind of difficult for me. Uh, work is a lot right now. Um, but going vegetarian, number one, big thanks to one of our listeners, Rish, who sent me the Tarla Doll blog. Apparently Tarla Doll is like the Indian Julia Child. So I've been reading through that. I'm very excited to make a lot more Indian food and know more about it. Um, But honestly, like having gone vegetarian has forced me to cook a lot more. And it's really helped me remember that I like cooking a lot. Um, And part of what kind of reinforced this is actually I had a couple friends over yesterday and we did donut brunch and we made donuts. Well, I was wondering about the donuts. That's cool. Yeah, did mimosas and stuff like that. And Friday night I got home from the gym. I got, I joined a new gym and like it's takes a little longer to get there, but it's saving me 50 fucking dollars a month. So I don't even give a shit. Um, And like I got home at like 730 and like, I'm me, so I was like, ugh, the house is so gross and messy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't even want to have these people over because I'm tired and grouchy. And then I did have them over and I did make donuts. And I was like, I really actually like my friends and making things, you know? I actually like my friends. That's amazing. What an amazing (laughs) thing to say out loud with your mouth. (laughs) You know, it's just one of those moments where it's like, oh, right, there are things in life I enjoy. So my happy thing is making vegetarian food, even though I'm not making vegetarian food tonight. And remembering that you actually like people. I do like people and my friends specifically. Amazing. Uh, so speaking of liking your friends, um, my happy thing is the reason that I'm hungover and tired today. 
Um, many moons ago, when Carolyn and I first became friends, she introduced me to uh, our mutual friend, um, Reagan. And Reagan's boyfriend at the time, Fee. And I'm using their real names because whatever, it's fine. And uh, they got engaged last year. And I was like, oh, you're getting engaged? You know, just so you know, I uh, have officiated precisely one wedding. Uh, so <laughs> if you guys need a deficient, I'm totally your person. <laughs> and for some reason, that really sold them on it. And they took me up on uh, allowing me to actually perform the ceremony. And um, it was it was truly the whole thing leading up to it and the actual thing. Reagan is very type A, and she is self-admittedly very type A. And the whole getting the whole ceremony put together, getting everything done, she did a lot of it herself. Like, she had a coordinator, but she still did a lot of it herself. And she just, like, double and triple checked with everything. But she was still such an easy person to work with because I knew exactly what her expectations were. And the day, like, the rehearsal went great, and we had a great dinner and everything. And then the day of the wedding was... Like, perfect. It Like, for December, it was a beautiful day yesterday. It was in the 60s, like, maybe in the, got up to the 70s, or like, in the middle of the afternoon. <clears throat> but it was, like, beautiful and clear here. It was just a delightful, delightful day. And um, the ceremony went well. Like, we had such a great time all hanging out. I met her brother for this first time, who uh, I think is amazing. His Her brother's wife is one of my new best friends, his brother's <laughs> wife's sister, also one of my new best friends. So like, it was just for somebody who is introverted and doesn't like spending that much time around people. I spent like, I was with people in my face, in my grill, like 24 hours a day from Friday at three 30 when I got there until I left this morning. And yet I was, I'm, I'm, I'm tired and I definitely want to be by myself today, but like, it was such a good experience. It was so delightful. Everybody was beautiful and I love them all. Like it was, it was just so nice. It was such a beautiful wedding. And afterwards, after the whole thing was over, like Reagan and Bo and Fee both were like, I just, they were so sweet about the whole ceremony. Like they were talking about how perfect it was and Fee started crying. <laughs> so I, okay. So, like, this whole thing starts, right? And um, I do the the whole introduction, you know, talking to them about love and about getting married and all this kind of stuff. And then I threw it over to her brother who was reading. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but Neil Gaiman wrote a poem for two of his friends that were getting married. And it's ever like the whole thing starts out with here's everything I know about marriage. Nothing. Here's everything I know about love. Nothing. And he talks about like there's bits in it where he's talking about how there are things that you can only know by experiencing them. Nobody else's love story is like yours. Um, but the last like the last line of it is um, talking about how um, you can reach out a hand in the darkness and find another hand holding yours. And, you know, you will never be alone again. And. He's reading this, and his wife is one of the bridesmaids, and she's bawling, right? Like, just losing her shit. 
And so he starts crying as he's reading this. And so everybody else started crying as well. (laughs) And you know I am a crier. You know I cry at everything just because, but I'm also a sympathetic crier. And there's nothing that makes me cry harder than a man crying about how much he loves his own wife, right? Mm -hmm. So I was trying so hard to <laughs> hold it together until the end of the whole thing. And Amy, who was on the other bridesmaids, was like, you know what helps you not cry before the ceremony? She was like, doing kegels. <laughs> I was like, like, if I'm trying to do kegels whilst reading this ceremony, there will not be any reading happening because I will be concentrating so hard on flexing that muscle. So it was, but apparently that's what she was doing through the whole ceremony was doing kegels so she didn't cry. It was amazing. That's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great. So I am proud and like very proud of myself to say that I did not start crying during the ceremony. I, it got a little, it got a little close, got a little close, but I did not. Even after Fee started crying, I was like, no! <laughs> I, I just stopped looking at him and was just looking at Reagan, and Reagan kept looking at me going, hurry up! <laughs> I'm not going to speed through your ceremony. Calm down. Anyway, it was a really fun time. And, like, after the ceremony is over, we went back, and there's this little area by where we were staying in the cabins that uh, there was an outdoor fire pit, so we lit a fire in the fire pit, and we were just sitting around drinking. It was, it was, it was just fun. It was a really good time. Yay! Yeah! And then we got to introduce a bunch of people from Michigan to Torchies, so that was also fun. Always a good time. Let's do some listener questions! Yes! Okay, I will go first. Uh, Andrew, too cool for Cali LA, asks, can you explain the whole Mercury retrograde thing to me? I have no idea what astrology outside of the basic signs even uses, does this explain Alexander Radulov? I actually don't know anything about Mercury in retrograde. I just know um, that I use it to excuse any shitty behavior. From what I know, Mer- um, it has to do... So first of all, Mercury is not currently in retrograde, so it doesn't have anything to do with Alexander Radulov. The only thing that can explain Alexander Radulov is Alexander Radulov. He's just his own... Special shining star. Yes. He's the the hidden sign. Yes. So, from what I understand, um, what Mercury being in retrograde is supposed to affect is your communication with other people. So, you get misunderstood more, you misspeak more, like, like, that's kind of what I understand it to be, but... I could be wrong about this. I don't know. I mean, it would make sense considering Mercury is the communication-y planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is what I believe Mercury retrograde is, like, is, but I don't think it has anything to do with Alexander Radulov. Yeah. No. He's a, he is unique unto he, himself. He's his own special little boy. Mm-hmm. Deck the Hills asks... So, Klinger is clearly an elf, and Seggs is clearly Hawk. I assume that's Hawk and not Hockey. No, it's Hawk. Uh, any other Dragon Age slash Stars player comparisons to be made? I really wish I'd seen this before. Um, and I really wish you'd played Dragon Age so you could also answer these questions. Yeah, no, this one's all on you. 
Way to perform under pressure. Klinger is definitely an elf, but I don't... I haven't played a lot of the first two. I've only played a ton of the third one. And I definitely do not want to make Klinger soulless, because soulless is a bitch. So, Klinger is probably an elven um, inquisitor that somebody made. He's He's his own little fairy godmother. Okay. So... I think Alexander Radulov is definitely the Iron Bull. That's the only character I know. Yeah. But I don't so know anything else other than what he looks like. He's definitely somebody who's like, you could do this very finesse thing, or you could just go in and like hit them and we'll work from there. So that's, I feel like that's a good comparison there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really feel like we have a Cassandra on our team. Um, hmm. Do we have a player who is burdened by his own past? Um, other than Sagan? Yeah, but Sagan is clearly Hawk. I mean, if we know that, burdened by his own past. Corey Perry, maybe? Oh, God. Um, I guess he could be Cullen, but I don't like it because I like Cullen. Uh... I mean, most of our team doesn't really have a tragic backstory at this point. No, that's true. That's true. Okay, so do we have a do we have a spy master amongst our group? Oh, Ben Bishop. He directs play all the time. Fuck yeah. Okay, he is uh he's Leliana. That's perfect. I love that so much, actually. <laughs> uh Ooh, you know. Ooh. Alexander Edlov could actually also be Sarah. But I well, think I so, like him better as the Iron Bull. Question. Yes. Again, I don't know anything about these characters. But could do this finesse thing, also likely to just charge in there and do the physical thing, is a really good descriptor of Jamie Ben. Oh, God, maybe he's the Iron Bull. Just gonna oh, throw that out there. Shit. Plus, it's got bull in the name. We know his affinity for cows. Well, we do. No, you're right. Jamie Ben is the Iron Bull. Fuck, that's hot. <laughs> I I'm very much a, I'm very much into that. Yes, <laughs> that is definitely what that is. Um, I, let's just end on that. I mean, that's that's a good okay. one. I mean, I don't know where else we can go with this because I think Marin is only going to be thinking about that. That for the is rest of the honestly, podcast. Honestly, that is all I'm going to be thinking about. Okay, so the best Shani in all the land asks number one: Who the fuck is Dan Shay? Well, I'm pretty sure it's Dan and Shay. Like, it I is Dan and Shay. It's two da- two dudes. One's two Dan dudes. and one is Shay. Now, which one is Dan and which one is Shay? I cannot tell you. No. Uh, it's also Dan plus Shay. Oh. Oh. I don't know. I'm just kidding. It's Dan. It's it. There is a plus in the middle. I don't know if they say Dan and Shay or if they say Dan plus Shay, but it's Dan the plus sign Shay. <laughs> I know my calculus. You plus me <laughs> equals us. Calculus. <laughs> I will also tell you that these fuckers are currently uh, playing pop country music out of Nashville, but one of them is from Pennsylvania and the other is from Arkansas, and I don't understand why the fuck they're coming to the Winter Classic in that is being held in Texas. 
Didn't they win a Grammy or something? I don't care. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I don't care. I, I'm just saying, I think that's There are so why. many Texas acts they could have gotten, and this is what they did instead. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Number two. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, let me go back. Uh, why is the NHL so out of touch? This is I a bunch would, of old white dudes. I would, there's yes, that's the obvious answer. But I would I would argue that booking a Grammy winning country artist for a thing in Texas isn't necessarily as out of touch as we would like to make it out to be. I mean, I don't really feel the need to give you that one. Actually, <laughs> I yeah. I mean, it's not like. I would rather see somebody else, somebody from Texas in Texas as well, but seeing a Nashville act when Nashville's also playing there too, like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't bother I find me that it, much. I find it insulting because we're the home team and it should all be about us. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> Which musical acts would each Stars player pick as a winter classic entertainment? Oh, man. I am so out of touch with, with what they like. I mean, I know that Tyler Sagan teased Jamie Benn about liking hair bands, but I don't know which one he would choose. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Sagan would probably choose his best friend, Mike, Mike Stud. I knew that was like my only answer. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you no. imagine? No. Billy what you Eilish say? No. playing at the NHL Winter Classic. Wait, who? Who? Billy Eilish. Oh my god. <laughs> like I guarantee like Guriana or somebody like hip and cool on the team loves Billie Eilish. I feel so uncool just thinking about her name. But she does She's, have green hair. She does. I've seen it. Yeah, she Sorry, I mean she, the hairband thing and the whole Van Halen yeah, reminded no, me of it. Absolutely. I know I, what I knew if, where you were going with it. What I if did. we got Van Halen and Billy Eilish to play the Winter Classic? Oh my god, that would be time. hilarious. And it'd still be culturally relevant 3 weeks from now probably. It probably would. Let's do it. Let's let's uh yeah. Let's write some write some strongly worded let's, letters. Let's write some strongly worded letters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. This is the longest podcast we have ever done. I am so not sorry. <laughs> Megs asks, any Star Wars feelings heading into the new movie? I have a lot of very complicated feelings, Megs, but I don't feel like we have enough time for me to go into all of them. I, For a short version, I will say that I don't trust that any of it will be what I want to have happen. But I do trust that I will like it enough to want to watch it more than once. Um, I am still outrageously, heinously sad that it's not Carrie Fisher's movie. Uh, the way that it was supposed to be. Yes. Um, that is I'm really, re like, it is something that I am still in mourning over two years later because she was such a cool fucking person. And I am sad that we're not going to get the movie that she was going to give us. I am 
very displeased with the news that we got this week about and I did I, it's not that I ever thought that Finn and Poe were gonna be in a relationship on screen nope. but the idea that they came out and they were like we could have done it but we decided not to because we really feel like their deep friendship is more important but we do have a uh, you know LGBT representation and I'm just like but why even why even address it if you're not gonna do the thing that everybody wants you to do why? Come out and talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't, just don't do it. If you're not, if like, either do it or don't do it, but stop talking about it. It is the year of our Lord 2019. There should be more representation in big blockbuster movies. But, you know, what the fuck do I know? Whatever. Whatever. I, yeah, I, I mean, I am not nearly the Star Wars fan that you are. Yeah. Nearly. And I'm, I, I'm honestly like a passing interest in Star Wars. Like, I enjoy it. I also thought the original prequels were very bad. I like the regional movie, or sorry, I like I like the original movies. I thought the prequels were pretty bad. I I did enjoy The Last Jedi, which I know is I a controversial too. opinion sometimes. Um, and I'm pretty sure I will enjoy this new one. But for me, like, there are so many people I know who have very deep, deep feelings about characters in Star Wars, side characters in Star Wars, that sort of thing, that um, I will never, ever have the same kind of emotions as these fans. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and that's and that's fair, too, because, I mean, I did grow up loving those movies. Mm-hmm. I was always more a Star Wars person than I was a Star Trek person. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm a Star Trek, which, super sad news. I don't know if you saw this before you logged on because you were taking a nap. Uh, Rene Auberginois passed. Literally Aww. just hour ago, two hours ago. Oh, yeah. So Star Trek lost a real one. Yeah. Today. Oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. God, that's so sad. Oh, God, that's so sad. Yeah, yeah. He can't have been that old. He was in his seventies. Damn. Yeah. Oh. But dang it, that makes me so sad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was no, not gonna, I was okay. trying not to bring up Star Trek, and then you brought up Star Trek, and I was like, I have to tell somebody. No, it's okay. I understand. I just, man, Odo was so cool. Yes, yes. Though I will say, I haven't finished DS9. I'm watching it. I'm going through it. I know kind of what happens in the end, and I'm not. Oh, here. I haven't. I haven't finished DS9 either. I got. I got stuck in the middle of it, and I haven't gone back yet. It gets better. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not saying I didn't. I stopped because I didn't like it. I st- I I just stopped. I the got problem distracted. is that it has a plot, and so you have to actually like watch it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so you the can't problem. just binge it. Yeah, yeah. That is. The, and that's. That's. I was trying. What I was. What I was trying to do. What I did with uh, the next gen and watch it at work. And I, you can't do that with. You DS9. can't do that with DS9. Nope. Which is why it's taking me a lot longer to get through it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm very much more of a Star Trek than a Star Wars, so I am kind of glad the Game of Thrones guys got fired. No, that was yeah. a, that was Star Trek, not Star Wars, right? That they got that was, uh, that was, uh, no, that was a Star Wars. Yeah, I'm glad they got yeah. fired, because I feel like they would have really fucked it up. I am also sad that we're not getting a Leia movie, because I think that would have actually, I think, been the most meaningful to me. Because if I had, because what I came out of The Last Jedi actually doing was really respecting Leia and mm-hmm. Leia's journey. And mm-hmm. like, as much as I enjoy Rey and Finn and Poe, 
actually Poe was a complete shit in the second movie. He sure was. And it was Leia's handling of that man people management situation that really made me feel things. Um, if you like Leia and you wouldn't mind reading a media tie-in novel, Leia, Princess of Alderaan was actually a really great book. It's a young adult novel written by Claudia Gray that is about Leia as a teenager. Fun. And it also gives backstory to Admiral Holdo from The Last Jedi. Cool. I liked her too. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Although I will tell you... In, in the movie and ever since that movie, like, the anachronism of her looking out the window and saying, Godspeed, rebel, Rebels, has stuck with me because that is who I am as a person. <laughs> I am the most pedantic asshole you will ever meet. And in a universe that has no concept of God, her telling, her saying, Godspeed, Rebels, out of a window still bothers me. <laughs> and that's where we'll end today. <laughs> Oh God! All right, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what a what an ending note. <laughs> if you would like to be pedantic with about Star Wars with Marin, you can find us on our Twitters. I'm at Classlicity. I am at Marinish. Please be pedantic with me. <laughs> and you can find us at our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. Or or email send us. an email. <laughs> or you can email us if you have uh, Star Trek feelings and would like to articulate those instead at departhockey at gmail.com. We all know that those will be more in-depth and more uh, cerebral, so you mm-hmm. need a little bit more room to talk about them, I understand. Uh, and you can also find our official blog at departhockey.wordpress.com. Bye! Bye!